Hey, would you take a minute, close your eyes and lift your hands towards heaven, open up your heart toward the Lord. Father, we thank you for the promise of your word. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who take refuge in your name. Father, we believe that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Our hearts would have despaired, but we trust in the goodness of our God. So Father, I'm praying for every person that is in this room, every person that is watching this online, Father, that you will reveal your goodness in our world, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Somebody say, Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord for His goodness. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Good morning. Good to see you. Thanks for coming to church today. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, it's great to connect. A connected life is a better life. An isolated life is a life that's headed for some kind of trouble. So, so good to see you guys today. Um, we're in a series of messages that is, I think, super important for where we are right now. Obviously, we're always trying to uh, locate what the Lord wants to say to us uh, in the now and uh, try to bring a word from God that will bring life and bring hope and lift people's lives. And uh, today I have a, a sense of urgency about what um, God would call us to be, who, who, what we should be doing, what our church should look like. And uh, I'm in this series called Here for Better. Everybody say, Here for Better. Here for better, and obviously we're not just here for our own better, uh, but we are here to lift the situations that, we, that God puts us into. So uh, we're all about lifting people and lifting circumstances and uh, lifting cities, lifting communities, uh, and not just like a marginal improvement to our life to say, okay, you know, let's make sure somebody gets a little more salary or, or gets to eat a few more sweets and doesn't gain any weight, something like that. No, we are, uh, we are here to make a difference for the glory of God. We're here to make things better. And it's not just our church. Every church has its own assignment from heaven but there, are, there is a shared assignment that the, that the church has on the earth. And my intention today is to impress on each one of us uh, the value of the house of God in the earth. Um, and, and my intention is to call every single one of us to be a contributor to the greatness of God's house in the earth. Amen. And because, you know, church isn't something you go to. Uh, church is who we are. We are the church. We happen to have a building. We happen to have uh, uh, facilities and 
uh, we happen to have a lot of things that God has blessed us with, but at the end of the day, whatever the church is, is you and me together corporately. Uh, and so uh, the Bible gives us a clear picture uh, about the church, and I want us all to, to kind of align with that picture and that vision. The Bible declares that uh, the house of God, the church, is literally the gate of heaven. Uh, you remember the story where Jacob is traveling and uh, sleeping with his head on a rock and has this dream of uh, a ladder uh, going up to heaven, and he, he goes, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And he has a revelation uh, about the house of God. He, that was the place called Bethel, which is, which is the Hebrew word for house of God. And, and the church is a gate, if you will, for God to move through to get to the earth. God gets into the earth through people. That's how he does it. Uh, and it's a gate for people to walk through to get to heaven. So church is God's idea, and he has put us together in such a way that he would flow through us to get to a community, to get to the world, uh, to get to a city, to get to individual people's lives. And I would say over all the years that our church has been in existence, I've seen so many people come into a relationship with Jesus, give their heart to Christ, watch their life get turned around. And heaven, uh, not only did heaven get to them, but they got to heaven through this beautiful thing called the church, the house of God. And I love Jacob's revelation about the house of God because his, his declaration is, how awesome is this place? The church, in God's eyes, is supposed to be awesome. It's supposed to be uh, influential. It's supposed to be impactful. Um, the church, in God's eyes, is not a sideline entity on the planet. Uh, the church, in God's eyes, is not a hobby that we have in our life that calls for occasional showing up here and there right? God places local churches in communities, and this is his plan for all over the planet, all over the earth, to literally be like a colony of heaven on the earth. Uh, Philippians 3 verse 20 says, our citizenship is in heaven. Uh, I'm thrilled to be an American citizen, uh, I love my country, without a doubt. And I will, I will say this. Uh, I've had the opportunity to minister in 28 different nations, some of them like developing countries, some of them fully developed. Uh, so I know what I'm talking about when I declare America is amazing <laughs> and God has blessed America. But I am far more centered on the idea that I'm a citizen of heaven than a citizen of the USA, right? I love my country, 
But my allegiance is far more to heaven than it is to the U.S. And so what God wants to do with the church is the church is God's stake in the ground on planet Earth. The church is here to enforce the victory that Jesus won for us 2,000 years ago. You know, it, just because Jesus won a victory 2,000 years ago, if, if the church is not present to bring that victory into the now, we don't all get to experience that victory. It's sort of like when you drive down Monta Vista Road and you see a speed limit sign that says 35. I'm willing to bet most of you have surpassed that speed limit going down Monta Vista Road. And it's not the, it's not the speed limit sign that makes you go 35, but when you see the presence of a policeman, how many of you know presence to enforce what has already been decreed is necessary? And what I want to take us to today is to recognize the impact that the church has on the spiritual forces that are in working in the earth today. There's, I think all of us would recognize, no matter how spiritually oriented we might be, we got to recognize we are in a spiritual battle for the planet. Uh, Ephesians 6, 12 uh, gives us a description of what that battle looks like. It says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, against natural, but it's against rulers, powers, world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. And I think we all have to realize that there are spiritual forces behind all the craziness that 2020 is, right? There, there, are, there are forces that are moving around in the spiritual realm, and the church's job, uh, Ephesians 3.10 says this, that the manifold wisdom of God is made known through the church. If I say through the church, through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. So all of us have got to look beyond the headlines, beyond the news, beyond the social media posts, and recognize the unbelievably powerful spiritual impact the church has in the earth. I want you to see that this is more than just going to a meeting on a Sunday morning. I'm all, I'm all for social justice ministry. I'm all for helping the poor. The Bible instructs us like in literally thousands of verses that we are supposed to do that. But what I want to call our attention to today is to realize the impact that the church has on this spiritual realm. So when we come together to worship, 
That's not just a preliminary before the message happens. Worship has a huge impact on what's going on in the spiritual realm. And when the church gathers to worship, to to declare the goodness of God, to declare the greatness of God, to declare the majesty of God, to declare the love of God, when we join together, those words and that, that worship literally impacts the heavenly realms. The church has the tool or the weapon of prayer that we can win the battle in the spiritual realm before we ever go out into the natural because it is what is happening when you move the substance of the spiritual realm, you move the shadows of the natural realm. The church brings the power of salvation into people's lives. Uh, Hearts that are born again, lives that are turned around, eyes that open up, hearts that are healed. Uh, The salvation happens through the impact of the church. Amen. we, We together literally carry the presence of God. We bring the presence of God into a community, into a city. We are bringing light that overcomes darkness. I want you to get a picture of the value of God's church in the earth. It's not all about just gathering in a building but I don't want to ever undermine the value of the church gathering in the building because, you know, you can gather people in a house, but that doesn't make them a family. But there's something about when you have legitimate love and connection and purpose and assignment that when you gather together, something supernatural happens. Amen. Time's up, huh? God's house is the most important house in Asheville. Amen. Uh, Reading through the, the Bible with our yearly go through and I came across these verses again both Isaiah and the and the prophet Micah uh, declared this Isaiah 2 verse 2 these guys were contemporaries they uh, they were they were declaring God's intention in the middle of the situation that Israel find itself in but he's declaring even though both Isaiah and Micah are declaring God's impending judgment for their disobedience, they're also declaring God's ultimate intention, which is not judgment, but but what he wants to actually do. So Isaiah 2, verse 2 says, it will come about in the last days that the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief 
of the mountains. It will be raised above the hills. All the nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, come, let's go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways that we may walk in his paths. Micah 4, 1 and 2, exactly, almost exactly the same words. It'll come about in the last days that the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains, the highest, the most important of the mountains. It will be raised above the hills. The peoples will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, come, let's go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he'd teach us about his ways that would walk in his paths. So these two guys are in the middle of a situation where Israel has been defiantly disobedient to God, and they are declaring, here is a judgment that's coming for your disobedience. And in the midst of that, they are declaring God's ultimate intention in a tough time in history. We are in a tough time in history. And we've got to be able to see through the fog of what's going on and recognize that God's house is the most important house in Asheville. More important than my house, more important than your house, I've discovered through several decades that if I'll give my best to build God's house, he'll give his best to build my house. And guess who wins in that deal? But it's, it's placing value on the house of God and not thinking of it as a side hobby but that it is literally in the mind and heart and eyes of God the most important house, the chief of the mountains. You know, there was several years ago uh, a couple of great spiritual leaders, Bill Bright, Lauren Cunningham, Francis Schaefer, in the 70s actually came up with this idea that there are mountains of influence that in the earth that the church is called to impact, uh, media, government, education, economy, religion, family, and the arts. And I, what I'm here today is to lift up for us to understand of all of those things, which none of those are unimportant, but the chief mountain of all the mountains of influence is God's house. Ephesians, uh, this is from the message, but I I love this picture. Ephesians 1.20 says, All this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death, set him on a throne in deep heaven, in charge of running the universe. Everything 
from galaxies to governments. No name, no power exempt from his rule. Not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all. Has the final word on everything. At the center of all of this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. Come on, anybody getting a picture? The government is not the most important house. I'm hoping I get a better amen from second service than you just gave me there. Obviously, we're in a major election year. And it would be easy to get sidetracked into thinking that government has more influence than the church. But I'm here to say, if the Holy Spirit doesn't touch somebody's life and change their heart, the passing of a law will not stop unrighteousness. If somebody's unrighteous in their soul, they don't care what the law is. They don't care what the government says. We gotta look, we gotta look past, and, and there are people that are willing to devote their life, resources untold, into their candidate being elected. I'm here to say to you, in God's eyes, his house is the most important house in the earth. And I'm, I'm here, to, I want to say it again. I want to impress on each one of us the value of the house of God in the earth. And I want to call each one of us to be a contributor to the greatness of God's house. We are the salt. We are the light. We are the bringers of hope, of heaven, of salvation. And I've had a shift happen in my heart in the, in the past couple of weeks that I believe it's time for the church to turn a corner and begin to step up and be the church. We, we, all, we started this COVID-19 journey in March. I remember I had taken Suzette to, 
Chattanooga, we were going to see Harry Connick Jr. It was a Friday night concert. 1,700-seat auditorium sold out. We got there on Thursday. Everything was going great. Saw some friends of ours, ate dinner with them. Get up Friday morning. The concert is called off. It's when everything started to unravel. Everything started to unfold. And we've been through six months almost of a journey and I'm, I'm saying to you, this is what's in my heart. This is what's in my spirit. It's time for our church to step up, to step in, to come out from hiding, to, to emerge from being ruled by fear, to... to Emerge from cowering. <laughs> you know, when COVID-19 first started happening, we were all like, they were telling us 2.2 million people were going to die in America. And we were all knocked off balance with this uncertainty. Like, I had never lived through a global pandemic and we all got knocked back on our heels a little bit. And we just went to being online only for three months. And lots of people participated at the beginning, but as time has progressed, that level of participation has waned. And I get it, people are, they're just tired of watching online. And I literally, six months, I, I'm, I want us to see something. Six months, people have, who love God, who love his church, have become accustomed to a different kind of Sunday in life. I remember that song, Easy Like Sunday Morning. I'm thinking there's no pastor ever, pre ever sung that song. And I'm saying to us, Rock Church, it's, it's time to turn the corner. California has literally started fining churches for having meetings, gathering to worship in America, still allowing massive protest to gather, even encouraging those protests to gather, but placing fines on churches that gather. And here's our church. We started a couple months back meeting in person, and the truth is our attendance is less than half of normal. And in many ways, we're literally, we used to, we, our church is volunteer powered. We have a great staff, but there's no way we could pull off church without volunteers. And today, we're literally straining, like all the same people are volunteering, like helping 
And the Bible teaches that God gives his people gifts that he wants us to use to serve one another. I get it if you first start coming to church and you just come to receive. But after a while, you're supposed to be a part of making it happen. Come on. And I really believe that some of, some of us have leadership gifts that God's entrusted to us that he wants us to use to empower his church, but we're hiding out. Some of us have hospitality gifts, musical gifts, love for kids, the next generation. I, don't, I hope you realize there is a war on the next generation. 850,000 abortions every year, kids being kidnapped for trafficking, that's what's happening in that generation. And if the church doesn't step up and say, we have got to, to make a difference, I really believe that some of us have resources that we could give that would empower the church. And I'm here not to generically talk to us. I'm here to specifically talk to us. I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you to step up and contribute to making our church here for better. If you're, if you're, if your heart is hearing anything today and you're saying, you know what, I wanna, I wanna contribute, I wanna help, I wanna be involved, register in the lobby. We're gonna have a setup for you. May, you may have not been involved in anything before. Maybe you used to be super involved, but now you've slipped to the background. And I believe next week we're gonna receive this Endeavor Fall Offering. And it, you know what? It takes the whole bit for the church to be great. It takes people serving. It takes worship. It takes the right heart. It takes prayer. It takes worship. It takes evangelism. It takes giving. Fear and deception want to rule the day. Many people are cowering in fear. Deception is everywhere. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. It works, it doesn't work. Where do you think fear and deception come from? I'm your pastor, I love you. But I think it's time for some of us to come out of hiding. I understand. I understand there are lots of levels to why people have backed off. 
And, and I, I get the legitimacy of that. But what I'm calling for is for us to recognize it's our time to step up and not back off. You can, you can step up in prayer, in giving, in serving, in participation. I'm saying this from a pastor's heart, from a leader's heart. I believe the Holy Spirit is gonna call some of us out from hiding. And it may or may not be come to the building. That's not even my point. But it's definitely time. If there's anything that's essential in the planet, it's the church, God's house. You know, I think about this. Throughout the world, there are believers who are putting their lives on the line on a regular basis just to gather as the church. And I'm not asking anybody to be foolish, but I am gonna say that the smallest life is the life that's only centered on itself. And I understand we all have this self-preservation instinct. I get it. I have it. But I also know the words of Jesus. John, Mark 8, 34 says this. Jesus said, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I sense a shift in the times and seasons. This world needs the church to be the church. Come on. The world at its worst <laughs> needs the church at its best. So I wanna pray with you guys, would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? No condemnation, no shame, but a call to embrace the vision of God for his church. Father, this is our time to step up and to make a difference. So I'm believing that you are going to help us to step in to all that you want the church to be. While people are spending millions on political campaigns, people are putting their life on the line for all kinds of causes. I pray that your church will rise up with worship, with prayer, with love, with service, with giving, with being the church. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, could I just take a minute? Maybe you're in the room, maybe you're watching online. I just wanna give you an opportunity. You've never surrendered to Jesus. Come on, let's do that today. 
You gotta know there's more to it, life, than just getting up and going to work and changing the oil and cutting the grass and doing it all over again. Jesus wants you. Jesus loves you. Jesus has a purpose for you. Would you surrender to his lordship? Maybe you're here and you know there was a time when you used to be closer to God, on fire for God, but you know you're not where you used to be. This is your day to come home. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand. I just want to pray with you. If you say, I know I need to make a move towards God. I know I need to open my heart. I want you to lift your hand real high right now, and I would just love to pray with you. Come on, all over the room, just an honest, God, I need you, I want you, I'm opening my life to you. God bless you, God bless you. Come on, anybody else? Anybody else? Hey, let's pray this prayer together. This is for those who lifted their hands, those whose hearts are open for this. But let's all say it together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love and to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, but I come to the cross where you've paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.